Hello, and welcome to another teaching by 119 Ministries. Our ministry teaches that the whole Bible is still true and directly relevant in our lives. If you would like to know more on what we believe and teach, please visit us at testeverything.net. We hope that you enjoy studying and testing the following teaching. Not too many years ago, a game came out that was a huge hit amongst teenagers and many adults alike. It was a military game that was named Call of Duty. While we don't endorse the game, the title caught our attention. The game took you through multiple combat situations where you had to fight the enemy to defend your country. You had to follow the orders correctly in order to advance in the game. The farther you advanced, the better you defended your country. Thus, the name Call of Duty, which simply implies it is a call of duty to all to defend their country. For all who have served their country in military service, there is a sense of honor, respect, and accomplishment in doing so. It's as if they had answered their call of duty for their country. But what about our call of duty to the Heavenly Father? Is there one? Is it possible for us to even be considered His soldiers? Well, I would have to think that we are indeed somehow considered in His army. Consider Philippians 2.25 But I think it necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. 2 Timothy Endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs. He wants to please his commanding officer. And Philemon. To Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. These few verses would imply that believers in the first century held a mentality to a certain degree of being soldiers to our Lord. That being the case, what would they have considered their call of duty? First, let's consider Matthew 4.4. Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Again, Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. With this in mind, now consider Ecclesiastes 12. Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. Verse 13 tells us that fearing God and keeping His commands is for all. God's commandments are indeed words of God. Verse 14 then informs us that every deed of man will fall into judgment. Some might say, well, this is the Old Testament. We don't have to live under that anymore. 
With those who say this, we need to see if we have any verses in the New Testament that tells us that all our deeds will be judged. We also need to see if we have anything in the New Testament that tells us we are to be keeping the commands of God as established in the Old Testament. First, let's look at some verses about our deeds being judged. Revelation 22, Behold, I am coming soon. My rewards are with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. Revelation 20, verse 12. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what he had done. Jude 14 and 15. See, the Lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of his holy ones to judge everyone and to convict all the ungodly of all the ungodly acts they have done in the ungodly way and all the harsh words ungodly sinners have spoken against him. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Romans chapter 2. God will give to each person according to what he has done. So, we will be judged on what we have done. This is why we see James talk so much on this topic in James chapter 2. It's as if he is saying that true faith is a verb. We can say this because James says that faith without works is dead. James 2.26 As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. True faith is something you do. Thus, we will be judged on what we have done. Believing in something is not having faith in it. Thus, James' point when he said, Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by what I do. You believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. So, just believing is not sufficient. We will be judged by what we do. Some would be quick to speak up and say, you are proclaiming a works-based salvation. This is legalism. To which we respond with James 2.24. You see that a person is justified by what he does and not by faith alone. One more time. You see that a person is justified by what he does and not by faith alone. One is not saved by what they do. One is saved by faith. But what one does proves their faith. Thus, if someone has no works in their faith, then that faith is dead. As we often say, faith is the root, obedience is the fruit. For those who normally object to this, we would like to ask you a question. If a murderer gets saved, but he willfully chooses to continue to murder after coming to the faith, is he truly a believer? We are not talking about giving in to temptations and struggling from falling back into one's old lifestyle. We're talking about willfully choosing to continue 
in disobedience. He says he believes. So, would you consider that person a brother in the Lord? Again, he says he's a believer, but what fruit does he bear? You see, saying you believe is one thing, but walking it out is called faith. Believing is not faith. Walking out what you believe is faith. This is why we see the author of Hebrews say, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the action that shows forth the convictions of what you say you believe. Thus, we are judged in how well we walked out the faith of the scriptures. So, we see that we do have verses in the New Testament that tells us that all of our deeds will be judged. Now, let's see if we can find anything in the New Testament that tells us we are to be keeping the commands of God that were established in the Old Testament, as Ecclesiastes 12 speaks of. Knowing that we will be judged in how well we walked out our faith, what actually defines that faith? What is it that one must do that they will be judged by? What should one do in order to show that they are walking out the faith that Yeshua instructed us to follow? This is where the debate always seems to be for many. The question of what defines the faith we are to live out. Are we to follow what Yeshua said and pursue how he lived? Or are we to follow man's interpretations of the writings of Paul that Peter said were difficult to understand? Remember, 2 Peter chapter 3. He writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort, as they do other scriptures to their own destruction. Therefore, dear friends, since you already know this, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless men and fall from your secure position. In discussing Paul, please see our Pauline Paradox series or some of the other many teachings that we have on the writings of Paul. For now, though, let's stick with what Yeshua said. For example, again, Matthew 4.4, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Every word. Does it get any simpler than this? Seriously. Every word that comes from the mouth of God. Every word. Consider also Luke chapter 11. As Jesus was saying these things, a woman in the crowd called out, Blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. He replied, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. What was considered the word of God to the first century believers? It was the law as given through Moses. These verses in Luke give clarification for what Yeshua said in Matthew 23. For he says in Luke that we are to obey the word of God. Now compare Matthew 23. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So you must obey them and do everything they tell you. But do not do what they do for they do not practice what they preach. So, we are to obey what comes from Moses, 
but not what is preached through the Pharisees. The Pharisees did not preach the word. They preached the traditions that were passed down to them. Compare Mark 7. And he said to them, You have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. For Moses said, Honor your father and your mother. And anyone who curses his father or mother must be put to death. But you say that if a man says to his father or mother, Whatever help you might otherwise have received from me is Corban, that is, a gift devoted to God. Then you no longer let him do anything for his father or mother. Thus you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down, and you do many things like that. Now, the instructions given in Matthew 23 make even more sense. We are not to follow man's traditions. We are to follow the word of God as given through Moses. Verses 10, 11, and 13 here in Mark 7 says it all. Again, for Moses said, Honor your father and your mother, and anyone who curses his father or mother must be put to death. But you say, and the conclusion is in verse 13, Thus you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down. Yeshua equated what Moses wrote to the Word of God, giving us some clarification for Luke 11:28, which again says, He replied, Blessed rather are those who hear the Word of God and obey it. Yeshua's understanding of the Word of God was that it was the law as given through Moses. Remember, these are all given to us through the mouth of Yeshua himself. Yeshua instructs us to follow the word of God as given through Moses. Consider the last part of the verse. It says, and obey it. So, not only do we have verses in the New Testament that tell us that all of our deeds will be judged, we now see that we do indeed have verses in the New Testament that tell us we are to be keeping the commands of God as established in the Old Testament those commands being the very things that we will be judged according to. All this being said, how does this compare to what we know Ecclesiastes 12 says? Again, now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing whether it is good or evil. As you can see, the Old Testament and New Testament are in harmony with one another. Please consider watching our teaching titled, The Righteous Shall Live by Faith. As Dietrich Bonhoeffer once said, there is no faith without obedience, and there is no obedience without faith. The concept of faith that most believers have today is an intellectual enlightenment and agreement by mere words rather than obedience. It seems that most believers don't know what to obey God in, which nullifies their own knowledge of God. As Hosea 4.6 says, My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also reject you as my priests, because you have ignored the law of your God. I also will ignore your children. Some might say, but this verse is about the priests. We are not priests. 
But we must remember that Hosea 4 is addressing all of Israel. We must also not forget that all of Israel received a promise to be priests if they obeyed God's law. Consider, then Moses went up to God, and Yahweh called to him from the mountain and said, This is what you are to say to the house of Jacob, and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt, and how I carried you on eagles' wings, and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. But we know that only the descendants of Aaron were to be priests. So, what is this verse in Exodus talking about? It's not talking about being priests in this life. It's talking about being priests in the eternal kingdom. Verse 5 says, Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant. We are to obey and keep his covenant. What happens when we remain faithful to that in this life? Compare verse 6. You will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. It's future tense. So, when does this happen? Consider 1 Peter 2.5. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 1. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, has made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. And Revelation 5. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. And even Revelation 20. Blessed and holy are those who have part in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. For more understanding on the priesthood, please see our two-part teaching titled The Changing of the Priesthood. So again, we must understand that Yahweh is talking to all of Israel in Hosea 4. And the rejection mentioned there is the rejection of the priesthood that was promised to all of them in Exodus 19, if they obeyed. Again, the promise was to come through obedience. Hosea 4 shows us what happens to that promise if they refused to obey. Hosea 4, 6, My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also reject you as my priests, because you have ignored the law of your God. I also will ignore your children. One who truly believes is one who seeks to obey. We are judged on what we do in accordance to his law. Thus, the words of Yeshua talking about the least and greatest in the kingdom regarding obedience to the law. Compare. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Anyone who breaks one of the least of these commandments 
and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Again, we have verses in the New Testament that line up with the Old Testament telling us that all of our deeds will be judged. We also have verses in the New Testament that tells us we are to be keeping the commands of God as established in the Old Testament. Those commands being the very things that we will be judged according to, thus confirming what our call of duty actually is. Ecclesiastes 12. Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. Now, consider how Yeshua said our attitude in this should be. Luke 17. So, you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say, We are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. Are you pursuing our Heavenly Father's call of duty? We hope you have enjoyed this teaching. Remember, continue to test everything. Shalom. It is because of you, our generous supporters, who make it possible to offer these high-quality teachings completely free of charge. If you feel led to support 119 Ministries so that we can continue this effort, please visit testeverything.net and click on the Support 119 tab. Learn how you can partner with us to take the whole Word of God to the nations. 119 Ministries is now available on Roku, Apple TV, Google TV, Xbox Live, and more. You can now access dozens of free video teachings straight from your home television in the comfort of your home. If you would like to learn more, please visit us at testeverything.net.